You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. I'm a messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of a Torah Podcast. My name is Wes. What's up, Goobers? It's your boy, Kevin. <laughs> Hell, Goobers now, all right? Yeah. I'm just going to change We're it up. Get... I never know what I'm going to do until, like, the second it comes on. I'm about to say, it's a plethora of stuff you come up with, so this season's definitely going to be a, uh, you know, a mixed bag, so to speak. Yes, like a uh, fucking Chex Mix. Oh, oh, the child. Oh, damn, probably text mix too, man. This is stuff. <laughs> anyway, oh God, we digress. <laughs> We're getting off topic here already. We're not even 30 seconds in. <laughs> um, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, we are going to be discussing yet another director in our director series. This one, this one's a, an oldie, but a goodie. I mean, he, this guy has just laid the path for a bunch of different directors in the horror genre and just in general, in my, in my personal opinion. Uh, we're talking about Alfred Hitchcock tonight. Um, man, so much stuff comes to mind when thinking about Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I mean, I think we all know one of my favorite films of all time he directed, and we may be talking about that later on. But uh, he's just, he was such a force, you know, a long time ago. And we still feel his, you know, his presence in film today. And I love that. You know, people go back to him all the time to kind of reference stuff he's done. And uh, even, you know, you know, we talk about it like cartoons and, uh, you know, other movies and music. And he's just, he's in everything. So uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you think about him and, you know, we'll kind of get into all that stuff. So uh, give me, give me your quick thoughts real fast. Yeah. So, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock, um, whether you've seen any of his movies or not, you definitely know who he is. He's very influential in pretty much not only the horror genre, but kind of the whole cinematic proceedings of let's I mean I'll go over his whole history of when he started and all that but he his um not only directing career but career in general started in the 20s and you know he was active for a long long time and his footprint has definitely been felt on the entire um kind of film industry so like I just mentioned, you know, if you haven't seen a film of his, it's someone you know. And, and that's not very really common for people to do horror movies. Like, someone who's not a horror fan isn't going to know who James Wan is. You know, well, I guess he's true. doing Aquaman too. So, honestly, probably. He's he's definitely expanding his horizons. But, that's but, true, yeah. But, yeah, Hitchcock kind of joins the pantheon of, like, John Carpenter. I feel like people would know him too, even if you aren't a horror fan. So, his his name is just synonymous with great movies and and great horror movies and great suspenseful movies so um he's just a very important person all around yes i fully agree with that like i said he he's he's felt all over you know just hollywood uh movies tv uh music everything he's in everything and it's so cool and he i've actually heard i mean okay i'm not gonna step on your toes i heard some stuff about him lately that i did not know uh, that you may cover in your little history about him. But if not, I may bring that up a little later, but you may actually touch on it. So um, anyway, I mean, let's just get into it. Like I said, this, you know, he's one of those people I want to hear more about. And you, I think you've done some research on him. So uh, I'm just anxious to hear about it. So uh, why don't we get into that? 
All right. The man of the evening is uh, Sir Alfred Joseph Hitchcock. He was actually um, anointed, or what, what, what is that called? Appointed? Whenever you're, oh, like, yeah. knighted as a sir or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so he's a sir by um, all legalities of the term. He was born on August 13th, 1899 in Essex, England, and he is actually the first director that, we are going, that we've covered so far that has actually passed away. So, I mean, obviously, if you're born in 1899, you know, he'd be about, like, 121 years old by now, so... God damn, you know. But you know, anyways, <laughs> died April 29th, 18 or I'm excuse me, 1980 in Bel Air, California, damn. actually. He's he, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um he was coined as the master of suspense, which I'm sure anybody listening has always heard that term when whenever you're talking about Hitchcock. Um he has over 70 directing credits in his filmography, which include over 50 full-length films and a career that has spanned 6 decades. Can you mm. fucking believe that? That's crazy, dude. That's 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 right there as a director. Like he made his footprint known and it's lasting forever. So, oh yeah, and not not only is he a director, he has twenty nine producing credits, thirty nine acting credits, which he he did a lot of cameos in his own films. Honestly, just about every single one that I've watched, it would have a cameo of his, and thirty writing credits as well. Now, that is definitely big leagues. Um. And kind of something I touched upon not too long ago was that he his reach wasn't only in the horror community. He he dabbled a lot in the drama genre, the the thriller genre, which I mean you could lump that in with horror because you know why the fuck not. Um, True. His first film ever was a film called The Pleasure Garden that was released in 1925. That was his first full length debut. He had a couple like shorts he did prior to that, but they were never like finished. So they're like unfinished, and I oh, I think they're lost. No one has ever right. seen them. So. Um, mm-hmm. this is kind of his first work that is completely out there and available. It, it was, and a, it was a porno too. You know that, did you? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Some weird ass shit. Yeah. Who knows what Hitchcock was into, man. Uh, <laughs> and his final film was called family plot. That was released in 1976 that starred Bruce Dern and Karen black. Now that's just kind of his little background. I've got a few little, little fun things about him. Um, according to Hitchcock himself, he was required to stand at the foot of his mother's bed and tell her what happened to him every single day. Now, that may have shown off in a few of his works, you know, the whole mama's boy thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, his mother, Emma Jane Hitchcock, she lived until 1942. She passed away in 1942, which means that Hitchcock would have been 43 years old. Um, and, she, like, he had to kind of report to her bedside every day and kind of tell her how his day was and whatnot. And and that, that definitely bo- kind of borders the loving and caring with the weird <laughs> you know like that's mm, definitely it's a little much um his mm. wife alma revel uh she was born august 14th 1899 one day younger than hitchcock himself they were married wow. from 1926 until his death in 1980 so they were married for 54 years um they have one daughter together named patricia hitchcock who appeared in three of hitchcock's movies stage fright from 1950 Strangers on a Train in 1951, and Psycho, none other, uh, in 1960. Uh, let's see, I just got one more tidbit for you. His favorite film that he's ever done, do you have any guess what his personal favorite of his is? I mean, I'm going to say Psycho, but that's just my guess. It is Shadow of a Doubt from 1943. Now, this one, spoiler alert, I have not seen, so... Yeah, same here, I haven't seen either. 
Um, as far as like I looked into it, it's I believe it's more so a drama. So um, this ain't it's a drama podcast. This is a it's a horror podcast. <laughs> so we're kind of here Definitely. to talk about Hitchcock's kind of darker films, obviously. And um, for first time listeners, what we're gonna do next? We've got a little listing. Wes ranked his top five Hitchcock films. I ranked my top five. He do you, do you, do you know my list, Wes? I do not. Good. And he does, and I do not know his. So you know, makes a little fun. If you got some chili, throw some jalapenos, some habaneros in there. Gets a little spicy. Makes it a little entertaining for you guys. So we have genuine reactions. Um, he might throw in a movie I hate, and vice versa. You know, we might end yeah. up killing each other by the end of the episode. We might end up making out. That's the fun. You never, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I'll always make out with you, but you know, I mean, do, you know, do it with some hate behind it. But you know, it yeah, you can't, you can't ruin it, man. We got to, we got to tease him first. That's right. Well, yeah, the tease is so important. God, it's so important. Yeah, come um, on now, amateur. Yeah, now <laughs> this is season three now. Come on. I must say, well, yeah, I've seen too many people kind of expect you know a little bit. So I guess we're gonna you know kind of mix it up a little bit. So I, I can totally uh, agree with that. Um, there true. are two yeah. things I want. There, there are two things I want to say about Hitchcock before we move on. That I find interesting. First of all, like you said, you know, he does he dabbles in everything other than horror, you know, you know, drama and thriller. Romance was was I mean, throughout all of his films in some form or fashion, whether it be, you know, like tender, you know, heartfelt romance or like, you know, creepy, weird romance. Um, but he did a lot of like romantic drama films. It was kind of crazy. As I went through his list of movies, I'm like, wow, there's so many romantic dramas in here, it's crazy. But um, thought that was very interesting. Uh, another thing that I just found out the other day. Um, Tippi Hedren that was in um, The Birds I heard that and it's written down and it's pretty well documented that he harassed the hell out of her on that set and like sexually harassed her and everything and made her life a living hell uh, I did not know that at all like I didn't think that was something he would even do but obviously he had like the hots for her and really just didn't want to leave her alone and I'm like well shit you know but um, I won't Jesus. let that yeah I won't let that sour his movies Um it does sour me, you know, looking at him as a person now, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like the whole Bill Cosby thing, you know, that, that, you know, I still like, you know, some of his works, but him as a person, I just don't like him anymore. So Hitchcock kind of step took a step down there for me. But yeah. And there, there was actually some facts that I looked up to that I wasn't going to mention because I didn't like kind of want to ruin like anything, you know, that he built or whatnot, but I had seen that he was always repulsed when his wife was pregnant. Um, really? He couldn't stand to look at her. Yeah. Um, and also hell? on the set of all, like most of his films, he would drink like tea. On, you know, like mm. he's he's an English dude. So, you know, he had to have that like ceramic tea in the little plate. And he once he would finish his tea, he would literally just throw it over his shoulder. Well, and just <laughs> and it would just fucking crash against the floor. And then the some <laughs> assistant or whatever would have to go pick it up. So. Your boy Hitchcock might low-key be a dick, but you, you mentioned yeah. that he was kind of creepy with, or, like, intense on her. Were you talking mm-hmm. about, like, kind of, like, being a creep or pushing her too hard in the film? Because uh, when no, you no, mentioned being... that, I, I was almost thinking of, like, a Kubrick and uh, Shelley Duvall thing in The Shining. No, no, no. This is, like, a creep who hasn't, like, you know, sexually advancing and, and oh. leave her alone and try to ask her out and all this stuff. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure to the extent. I didn't read the article. I just heard it. Um but yeah, I've heard that it was not not a good thing. So yeah, that's that's no good, no good, Alfred. Bad Alfred. Bad. Um, I know. But anyway, that's I thought I'd bring that up. So um, yeah, there you go. There's uh, Alfred Hitchcock in a nutshell. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the good and the bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, 
Well, I guess we'll just go right into it, like you said. You know, we don't, we don't know each other's lists, and uh, but but at the the start of everything we go through, there's always one movie that we don't think is is very good. So uh, why don't we just get into our ship pick for this week and uh, see what we got? Hey, kids! It's time for Kevin's ship pick of the week. So coming into every week, I pick a movie amongst a director's filmography that I feel like doesn't really stand up to the rest. Um, this week, my shit pick is not applicable. I don't have one. <laughs> and the reason, what? yes, the reason behind that is because obviously he was making movies in the twenties up until his final film in 1976. Uh, all of his films are pretty much dated now. Of all the ones I've seen of his, I've enjoyed all the ones I've seen for the most part. And I just don't really feel like it's right to make an outdated movie a shit pick. Because just because it's old and outdated, just because a lot of the things might go over my head. Because obviously I wasn't alive in fucking 1950. So, um, shout out to everyone out there that was alive in 1950. Uh, so, I, yeah, I just yeah. kind of feel like, I just feel like it'd be a dick move of me to kind of just name a shit pick for like a, a man whose majority of his filmography is black and white older films and he even has silent films that he's made so yeah no shit pick this week wow i think that is official it's a horror podcast history i think we've always had a shit pick in every single one of our shows except so, one episode actually can you remember there, which one it was i don't know oh, let, let me think let me think oh oh no no okay yeah all right so yeah okay uh, okay you're right scream yeah yeah yep, you're right yep we you're didn't right, have a shit right. pick and scream either. You're right. So damn it, I thought it was going to be a, uh, a historic moment, but I guess not. I guess this is uh, just a second uh, a second run at, at the yeah. uh, notion. <laughs> well, I guess we'll give this a ghost flush because that was definitely a ghost shit. So I'll give it this. Which actually that that has a double meaning, which we'll talk about um, later on. Uh, Ooh. Yes, one of the films has something to do with a toilet and a fun fact. Ooh, all right. I'm excited about this. But see, I hate toilets, <laughs> but I still love good toilet facts, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's time to uh, get into the meat and potatoes of the show. So uh, are you hungry? Oh, I'm steady hungry, boy. Mm, you always like my meat and potatoes, so. All right, let's just get into it. Here's... <laughs> Wow, that took a weird turn. Okay, all right, here we go with number five. Number five. Hello, hello. Look, a man is assaulting a woman at 125 West 9th Street, second floor, at the rear. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil! Evil! All our stories attempt to point a little moral, such as... Crime does not pay. Goodness, his accent, man. It sounds like he's got like <laughs> peanut butter in his mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time, man. It's every time. All right. Well, for my number five, I've got Dial M for Murder from 1954. Nice. Good choice. Yes. Good choice. All right. Tell me now, about it. Now, have you seen this one? You know, I, I have. It's been a long time. I didn't watch it for this this list, but uh, okay. I have seen it a long time ago. So, so. for the listeners, um, obviously being 1954, this kind of predates Psycho. 
Uh, this was released actually the same year as another film on my list that I will be mentioning later on. This one's uh, it's it's slower. This is a very kind of drama slash thriller. Um, it's about a guy who finds out his wife is cheating on him, and then hires like an old pal of his from college to kill her and things don't go as planned and he has to try and get his way out of it. Now this features a lot of talking, the, just one room scene for 10 minutes. Like just like imagine anybody that's seen like a Quentin Tarantino film, how it's very kind of heavy on dialogue. That's definitely this one. Um, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of action, but honestly there is a, a scene in this film that I w- was actually very surprised with was someone actually gets um, stabbed in the back with scissors and Damn. they fall backwards <clears throat> onto the scissors and it like goes into Ouch. him farther. And this is 54. So I was like, God damn. I'm like, okay, I see you. <laughs> and this one's actually <laughs> in color, which is very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. My girl is in this Grace Kelly. Oh, dude, I love her. Oh, my God. Holy <laughs> hell, man. Um, that's, that's that's one thing we agree on totally is that she is a knockout from the back row, dude. I'm telling you, she is fantastic. Now, there's there's a list by, I believe it's American International Pictures, AIP, and they did a top 25 um, female actress from the golden era, and Miss Grace Kelly was number 13 on that list, and... She's an absolute knockout. Um, I, I think from this era, she might just be one of my favorite actresses because not mm-hmm. she she's very likable. She's very lovable. She's she's very very beautiful. Um, just you know, just a little blondie. Her acting is chilling in the fifties. Well, her acting is great. Oh, yeah, her man. acting is great. Though. I mean, it's just it's it's top notch to me, honestly. So oh, she's fantastic. And uh, obviously, you know, we can talk about Grace Ke- Kelly until the sky turns red, but. This uh-huh. isn't. It's a Grace Kelly podcast. This is. It's a Ooh, horror. I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start that one. I'm gonna start that. Like yeah, that let's idea. do that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Dial M for Murder, man. It's if if you're kind of into those old school fifties uh, thriller dramas, there's this is gonna be right up your alley. Again, it's a little slower, and it actually stars a man named Ray Milland now or Milland. He's an English actor. Uh, people who are kind of familiar with some horror slash sci-fi would would kind of know who he is he was in a film called x the man with the x-ray eyes from 1963 Mm. it was like a roger corman picture that's one of my all-time favorite sci-fi horror films uh i highly highly recommend watching that one he was also in a film called the uninvited from 1944 oh yes which was my um origin movie for ghosts i believe our our very yes. first season that was probably like episode five man that was that's a throwback i'm telling you that's yeah this uh, every time i see like a film that's on our list for the origins it makes me feel good i'm like oh man that's such that's so nostalgic so yeah that's fucking awesome i know so it's a nice little throwback to you know old school it's a horror podcast uh mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i mean that's kind of all i've really got for this one it's just a very very solid 50s drama thriller Yes, yes. I guess I, it, my dad showed it to me like a long time ago. I'm talking like when I was like a kid. And uh, I remember, you know, like, like it was, you know, of course it was boring, but there were some parts, like you said, the knife, or the scissors in the back like that. That kind of got me. But yeah, I need to rewatch it though. So definitely because it's, I've heard it's just a great film. And like I said, I saw it way too long ago. It was like a you know, hundred years ago. So, um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, my number five film is uh, 1972's Frenzy. Uh, have you seen Frenzy? I have not. No. Okay, this is one that I, I've heard a lot about, and I hadn't seen it. I just saw it just for this this podcast, actually. Um, 
it, it's a very interesting film. It's about a, uh, a serial strangler in London, and he uses a necktie to strangle his victims. And this one kind of got me for the fact that it was it was a little slow burn at first. It picks way up, though. Um, it has a unique way of building on itself as it goes along. I know that's a very slow burn way to put that, but it's funny because as you watch it, you kind of like it all just adds up so great. Like, I don't know how to explain it really. It just adds up so perfectly. Um, the kills are kind of crazy. Um, like when, when the person is strangling somebody, like their face afterward is so like animated. Oh, like the tongue's <laughs> probably hanging out or some shit. Yes. Yeah. But it's, but you tell the person's making a funny face. So I would, I'll be cracking up, you know, watching these very, I was actually in the films, but um, yeah, if you watch that, Pay attention to the person's face after he strangles them because it is hilarious. But, you said it was released um, in 73? 72. 72. That, that's pretty hokey for 72, man. That's yeah. That's funny. I know, dude. It's, I mean, I, it's, it was just it was a little lighthearted, but it also had some really good intense scenes in it. There is a there is a rape scene for anybody just to throw a trigger warning out there for you. Um, but it, but it, it, it's just it's so well done. The acting is great. Um, the story is fantastic. Uh, there's the end, like toward the end, there's a scene in a truck with some potatoes that really cracked me up big time. I loved it. Um, but, but, uh, it's, it's just a very, and there's a scene, there's also like the, the, the police, uh, I think it's the, not commissioner, but like the, um, one of the heads, I guess he's holding up the investigation. His wife and him have like these little talks about this case and they're eating dinner and the dinner scenes are just hilarious. So you really got to, it's, it's funny cause it's almost like, it's almost like a horror comedy in a way. So, I mean, it's probably like the very first horror company that I can even think of out there. I'm sure there may be more than that, but um, just a really good, well-made film. It kind of has some suspense. It has some has some hard-to-watch scenes, um, but it's it's just a very solid film all around. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's you really should check it out. Honestly, it's uh, one of those films I wish I'd watched earlier because it is yeah. just really really good. So yeah, I'll have to do that. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, well. Uh, I think that's all I have to say about that one. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I can add. Um, I really can't, honestly. Like I said, it's just it's just a great film. So um, I have a feeling this this is going to go by pretty fast. <laughs> well, and that's that's what's kind of very interesting about doing kind of a director that has so many filming credits is we might not even see any like we might not share any picks just because of the vast majority of films to pick from, which would be very exciting. No, seriously, but I say that's that is very possible. You're exactly right. So I don't know. Let's just get into it and see what else we come up with. So uh, and, and I'm sure once we get more toward the, the top of our list, we'll get more to talk about. But these films, like I said, it was a great film, you know. So I'm not gonna say anything bad about it, but it's just I don't have much to say about it, honestly. It was just what I said was what I wanted to say. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's just do number four and uh, and get right into it, man. Number four. Hello, hello. Look, a man is assaulting a woman at 125 West 9th Street, second floor, at the rear. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil! Evil! All our stories attempt to point a little moral, such as, crime does not pay. I think you're evil, Kevin. Evil! (laughs) Crime does not pay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, all right so number four i've got a film here that I, I feel like it's it would be much higher up on other people's list is um i've got the birds from 1963 okay all right there you go now this movie to me 
I, I hate to say it was slow because obviously when like a film like this came out, it was the bee's knees, you know, it was terrifying when it came out. And I'm a huge proponent on old school cinema and old school horror and black and white movies. Uh, th- this one isn't black and white. Um, it is in color. But I don't know, man. It's just this one seems long. It's I, I don't know quite how long it is, but it felt very long to me. And it's one of those that I'm just sit, sitting around and it's, it's a kind of a, a love story. You know, this lady gets some birds and then she goes to an, an island and then there's just birds attacking everybody and. As yeah. exciting as that sounds, there's not a lot of imagery to be had. I guess that's not really Hitchcock's thing, too. It's more about kind of the tension and the build, and obviously his name is Master of Suspense, not Master of Crazy Fucking Things Happening all the time in his movies. <laughs> so, you know, he has to build that tension, and I, I do think the tension is is it, it's decent in this one. Um, I almost wanted to put this in fifth as opposed to dial in for murder. But like the fact that there is iconic scenes in this film. Um, If you haven't seen the birds, you've seen a scene of it, you know, and and this film is, is extremely important in the genre of horror, obviously, you know, killer fucking birds. That that can be kind of scary. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, just a, just a solid film all the way around. And it's actually funny because the actor in this, one of the actors, uh, his name's Rod Taylor. He always claimed that in this movie, the seagulls were fed a mixture of wheat and whiskey because it was the only way to get them to kind of stand so much and, and for them to kind of be more lethargic and, and um, not like keep flying around, you know? So mm. I thought that was funny, just feeding birds alcohol. Or maybe that's not, maybe that's <laughs> abuse, but, you know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to say that's funny because that's probably not good for them, but with how much alcohol mm. I drink, I know it's not good for me either. So, yeah, I, but yeah, no, it's very unfortunate <laughs> that the the point you mentioned earlier about the whole uh, actress Tippy Hedren thing that that kind of really sucks. I didn't know anything about that, so yeah. um, for her to kind of get through that and and leave a lasting and iconic um, presence, Impact? I guess is the word I'm trying Impact? to I'm trying to think. Just uh, uh, you know, it was. Yeah, birds is birds is good, man. It, it's it's pretty okay. Yeah, okay. I I can agree with that. Uh, like you said, that this is one of those films that honestly, you know, it's like you said, it's parodied a lot through you know cartoons, like Simpsons. I think did it, and uh, Family Guy has some stuff in it about it. I've seen some stuff like that. Uh, it's it's referenced in music and, and other movies. So it's it's one of those films that you know has definitely been uh, been felt throughout the entirety of entertainment as itself. So. Yeah. Good oh, yeah. stuff. Good stuff. All right. I might talk about them later. We'll we have to wait and see. Um, yes. I, I was going to say some more things, but, I'll, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens. Uh, my number four film is a little film that actually I didn't know anything about until our good friends over at Alone in the Dark podcast actually uh, referenced and said, hey, you should check this out. A little film called Rope from 1948. Uh, have you seen Rope? See, I have not. I've not seen this one either. Oh, man, I was okay. I, I was a little hesitant going into this one, and I thought, "Hmm, all right, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance." And man, was I pleasantly pleased. I mean, damn. Like you said earlier, you know, it's uh, the, the Tarantino esque feel of being in the same room for a while and just you know heavy dialogue. This actually takes place in one room. Okay, technically one room in a hallway, but yeah, one room. Damn, and. I know it's, there's maybe a handful of characters, like maybe six or seven characters tops in this one. 
Um, the two main characters, I guess, Brandon and Philip, I think are the two. Uh, let me make sure I got that right. Yes, Brandon and Philip. Um, and it starts off with a bang. And there's a murder right off the bat. And then it's like it kind of goes forward. And the, the basic premise of the movie is, is that they murder this person. And Brandon is trying to get some excitement out of people not figuring out what happened, but him knowing it. And then the person's like there in the room with them dead. You know, it's, it's more like, like you're just getting, getting excited and trying to, you know, you know, I guess like the adrenaline rush of people maybe catching you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it really is intense. So like the, the dialogue is great. Uh, um, let me see here. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. James Stewart, isn't it? And James Stewart, everyone knows James Stewart. He is one of the greatest actors of all time. His role in this, uh, Rupert, one, I mean, it's it's so fantastic. Like, toward the end, like, he really, I won't, I won't ruin this film at all because it is a, you've got to go check it out, seriously. But just the slow burn, the build, the the dialogue, the, you know, the whodunit, uh, it, it's just, it's a really, really great film and a really well done. Um, but it's so simple. It's one of the most simple things you could do with a film but, you know, so I thought, okay, this is going to be stupid. Like, I would kept thinking, they're going, okay, this is going to go nowhere. I'm going to end up turning it off and watching something else. Way, way off on that because it is fantastically done. Um, it, the simplicity of these movies, honestly, really gets me because current movies, you know, starting from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, you know, they all have complicated things going on. They all have complicated, you know, so many, you know, scenes, so many, um, you know, uh, different places they go in the films. Like I said, this film is literally on a set. Like you can actually do this as a play. Like they could do this on Broadway somewhere and make it fantastic and be it's just as good as it is a movie, which that to me says you've done something fantastic. So um, I don't know. Uh, just just a great all-around film. If, if you like, if you don't like slower films or slow burns, this is a extra, extra slow burn. So it may not be for you. But if you do enjoy slow burns, you've got to check this one out because it will definitely pull you right in and just grab you by the by the nuts and just won't let you go. So it's just how I like it. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't have nuts, it'll still grab you by the by the fake nuts, by the ghost nuts. So ghost nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> so I appreciate. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Mike that told me about this from alone in the dark. So Mike, if that was you, you never said who it was. So, but I'm pretty sure it was you. So thank you for this recommendation. I really did enjoy it. So props to you, sir. Um, nothing else to say, I guess, since you haven't seen it, you really can't really talk about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll just move on to our number three film and uh, keep this rolling. So here we go. Number three. Hello. Hello. Look, a man is assaulting a woman at 125 West 9th Street, second floor, at the rear. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil! Evil! All our stories attempt to point a little moral, such as, crime does not pay. Okay, number three, moving right along. I've got Vertigo from 1958. Nice, nice. Yes. nice. All right, let me hear, it, man. What, what you got for us? Well, have you seen this one? You know, I have not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not okay. Seen. Well, hey, no, we're definitely uh, people are getting their money's worth today. You're learning about a lot of new movies. We're not, we're not talking about the same movies for once. That's a good thing. I love it. I love it, dude. All right, so Vertigo released in 1958. Uh, your boy James Stewart is in this one again. 
mm-hmm. which it's actually worth noting. James Stewart was in four Alfred Hitchcock films. Uh, Rope, you mentioned 1948. Rear Window from 1954. The Man Who Knew Too Much from 1956. And then this was the last film they worked together, Vertigo from 1958. Um, so this one is about a dude with vertigo. Now, <laughs> if you don't know what vertigo is, it's kind of like a fear of heights where, you know, you get very dizzy and nervous and sweaty hands when you come across heights. And uh, the main guy is James Stewart. And I fucking love his accent, dude, or whatever his the way he talks. Like, we gotta check the bank statements. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, oh, it's so great, dude, it's so great. Um, yeah, so no, he he does a really great job in this film, and it, this is a very very dizzying good movie. I as this one does lean again more towards drama thriller, but it definitely has horror aspects. There is a nightmare scene that James Stewart has that is literally next level, way ahead of its time. I would definitely advise to just look up the dream sequence alone. It's 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 pretty it's pretty scary. It, it's fucking sweet. It's definitely kind of surreal. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of height, obviously, with the subject matter. You're kind of susceptible to a lot of high up moments in this film, and there's a lot of things that they did in terms of kind of the way they shot this film. Uh, they use this kind of zoom out and track in shot. They call it like a trombone shot. So, you know, like how like you slide the think trombone like in and out to convey kind of the sense of height. They use that a lot in this movie. So you kind of feel that fear of height with James Stewart. And I, I personally hate heights. I, uh, I'm, that's one of my no-nos. Really? Um, so, it's, so, it's, oh, 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 so when you climb me, are you scared when you climb up me? Oh, I don't have to climb up that high. Uh, well, <laughs> it does. It, it does hang low. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a small penis joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big penis joke. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> um, so, Vertigo. Um, this one was very, very good. It's it's it, the thing that I want to mention about a lot of Hitchcock films is how brilliant the set pieces are. Um, you know, you have kind of shots where you're in an apartment and you can see the background of San Francisco. This film takes place in California. Um, and California is where actually uh, Hitchcock would die in uh, 1980 in Bel Air. And anyways, um, no, this film is just beautiful, man. It is, it's in color as well, which I, th- I th- it which really surprises me. I think there's not a lot of fifties horror or sci-fi movies for that matter. that were in color. And so I kind of think that Alfred Hitchcock was definitely kind of in the forefront of perpetuating the future of cinema by kind of adding this color aspect. And um, Dial M for Murder actually was filmed in 3D now. Mm-hmm. And that was the only film that he had done in 3D. But like this right. man's doing this shit in the 50s, man, you know, it, it. And so he was just kind of ahead of his time in that aspect. But Vertigo, James Stewart, mm-hmm. it, it's great. Um there's a lot of there's several scenes of people falling like off of buildings and it kind of tracks uh-huh. them falling down and it is so well done. I was watching this and wondering how they like filmed this cuz it literally I mean it looks a little hokey obviously th- they didn't really push people off of buildings, you know, and filmed it. <laughs> so Oh come can, on. <laughs> yeah, no, you can tell it's fake but it's really impressive nonetheless how the special effects worked and uh went into this film. But yeah. yeah, I would definitely highly suggest this one. This one is a lot of fun. If if you don't want that in one room a long time thing, which I know probably mm-hmm. most people are, then 
I would definitely, definitely suggest this one. I think that a lot of people who wouldn't like a lot of Alfred Hitchcock's mo- movies would like this one because there is a decent amount of things going on. Right. I'll definitely check it out because it sounds amazing. And like I said, it, he he has a lot of great effects that happen in his films that I was really surprised about that I saw. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool for being that time. So and he was he was one of the greats. You know, it's funny, you know, you kind of doubt that and you watch his films and you go, well, yeah, you put me wrong there. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, and I actually wanted to yeah. mention real quick too. speaking of James Stewart. Um, I mentioned earlier how Grace Kelly was on that list. Uh, I think I said API. It's AFI. The American Film okay. Institute had a um, 100 Years, 100 Stars list that is on Wikipedia. That I would highly suggest checking out. It's their top. Um, but it's weird because I'm only getting 25, top 25 uh, male and female actors from kind of the golden era. And Grace Kelly was 13 on that list and uh, for for females. And James Stewart is number three, only behind Humphrey Bogart and Cary Grant. So. Yeah, Damn. James Stewart is definitely in high regards in the industry. Dude, he's solid. I mean, well, it's wonderful life. I mean, God, everyone knows that movie. You talk about that movie anywhere on the planet. and Oh, yeah, I know that movie. You know, so, yeah. You're right. Oh, yeah. So, most definitely. Well, speaking of James Stewart and Grace Kelly, my number three film is Rear Window from 1954. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to say whether you have it on your list or not. I guess we'll find out. But... This this film to me, I'd seen it a while back with my dad, and I hadn't seen it in years. And he, my dad showed me a lot of Alfred Hitchcock. He was he was a big Hitchcock fan, and uh, that's of course Psycho was my first film to ever watch. So of course that makes sense. But um, this film is very simple. I I love. I don't know what it is about this film. The way it's shot, though, it feels so. You do you feel very claustrophobic because everything seems so close, but yet it seems so spread out as well. I don't know how they pull that off, but it's it's so cool. Um, and I don't know. I just, it, it's James Stewart. In this is fantastic. You know, he, it's a, it's a guy who has broken his leg. He's almost healed up, but he's been watching out his rear window uh, to the, like this apartment building. It's like a apartment building is like, it's built like a, like a rectangle. And there's like a big um, a common area in the middle. So you can kind of like look out your back window and see the rest of the apartments and like this little common area with like a little garden and uh, there's different patios and whatnot. And, um, so he's watching and he thinks that he he sees a man murder his wife and then like put her in a, in a box, you know, or like these boxes and like get her out of the house. Um, but it, uh, I don't know. It's just Grace Kelly's in this, too. She's she plays. Uh, I'm not sure that they, I think they're a boyfriend, girlfriend, James Stewart's girlfriend. Um, but man, she commands the screen like no one else. I mean, gorgeous, smart. The acting is on point on both accounts. Um, I think there's the nurse for uh, James Stewart, uh, Thelma Ritter, I think is her name. She was played Stella. Um, she's hilarious in this. She has some really classic quotable lines in this. Um, just very witty. And it's it's funny because it's, you know, this is kind of synonymous with that whole, you know, and like I said, this film has been parried so many times in so many things. Um I think it, well, the one the one I recall is The Simpsons, where uh, Bart is watching uh, Groundskeeper Willie or whatever, and he's like he thinks he's growing like uh, heads or something in a big like uh, potting soil plant thing or whatever. But anyway, uh, that comes to my mind. But um, not too many horror aspects of this one, but it's just I guess the suspense in this too is is one of my favorites. Uh, no one really. You don't see anybody get murdered on screen or, you know, stabbed or 
shot or whatever, but it's just that suspense. It's that un- unknown, not knowing what's going to happen next, not knowing if the person he's watching really is guilty or if it's all misunderstanding. Um, but it's just, it's just that back and forth that always gets me in this one. Um, I, I tried to stay as close as I could to horror in this, but like I said, with his films, there's so much about romance. And a lot of this had to do with, you know, the whole, you know, Grace Kelly, James Stewart, uh, with Lisa and Jeff, I guess was the two names in the movie their romance and how they were kind of on again, off again. But this whole ordeal kind of brings them back together, uh, brings them closer together because they're trying to figure this out. And at first she didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to, you know, she's like, oh, you're just seeing things and this is nothing, you know, whatever. But as the film rolls on, you kind of see how they kind of come together and try to figure this out. Um, but it's just, it's a great film. It's a classic. I mean, you know, like I said, you say Rear Window, it's been, you know, uh, kind of referenced in a whole, just pop culture in general. So, just a, a fantastic film. If you haven't seen it before, really go out and watch it because it's one of those that will definitely get you. Um, and it's it's it really is a one room movie. Again, it kind of leaves you right there in that one thing. It really doesn't go outside of that. But it's cool how they they kind of give you that that distance. Also, it kind of shows the street like a like it shows a little crack through the building, and it shows you a street and then like a uh, um, diner. And you see that shot a few times. So it kind of gives you that depth feeling, but also gives you that claustrophobic feeling at the same time. So it kind of gets to you, kind of makes you feel things. So just a, just a well-made film. So have you, have you seen it before? I have. Yes. Cool. Okay. I uh, don't know if you want to talk about it now or wait or. Mm, it's been a long time. I don't really remember that much from it. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. I just didn't know yeah, if you yeah, wanted yeah. to say anything about it. But uh, yeah, let's say it's funny because you, you watch these films like when you're younger. I'm not sure why you watch them while you're younger, but I think a lot of my friends or people I know have watched them, you know, when they were younger and then revisit them later on in their life. And it's like it really does hit, it hit more of an impact in your life later on because you understand the characters, you understand the the romance, the uh, the drama behind it all. And it kind of makes it all make sense even better. So, yeah, I think they're uh, very good introduction to horror movies very exactly right like you know, i mean their kids can watch these you know because like i said it's it's it may not keep their attention but it's good to see how it kind of all starts you know because it is was a very simple time back then and uh to see how it all kind of progressed is very very cool so definitely so well top two man you ready Here to we go? are dude let's do it man number two number two hello hello a man is assaulting a woman at 125 West 9th Street, second floor, at the rear. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil! Evil! All our stories attempt to point a little moral, such as, crime does not pay. It does not pay at all. It is moral. The moral. <laughs> um, I lied. Rear window. <laughs> Oh right, yes. very good. I I, I completely lied because I watched this for the first time this week to get ready for the uh, the countdown. And dude, I love this movie so 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 I know, much. Dude. Now mm-hmm. it, this movie just feels so unique because we were talking about that set design. Um, this movie was shot completely on one set, and it required months yeah. of planning and construction. For anybody that's seen this movie, um, honestly, if you haven't, look up uh, rear window time lapse on YouTube, and it kind of shows you all of the tracking shots they used, all of the apartments. And here's the the insane thing of it. The apartment slash kind of like courtyard set measured 98 feet wide, 155 feet long, 40 feet high, and consisted of 31 apartments, which eight of 
were completely furnished, and the courtyard was set 20 to 30 feet below stage level, and some of the buildings were the equivalent of five or six stories high. So that just, like, that sounds like a lot, and it really is. This is one of the most impressive set designs I think I've ever seen. Um, I agree, totally. And for this being 1954, again, another film that's in color. Uh, this one is just, you met, again, I kind of echo everything you just said about it. It, it is kind of dialogue heavy but you know it's james stewart spying on his neighbors and you kind of you see all of their lives through the lens of his camera and it's just very interesting and there's nothing really quite like this that i've seen i mean at at least at this time now if anybody's seen have you seen disturbia oh yeah yeah i think it was like 2008 or 2007 2008 somewhere around there yeah i love that movie shia labeouf so if you yeah uh actual cannibal shia labeouf now so if you if you've seen that movie and like that movie it you can just definitely tell that it took a big inspiration from rear window um Mm -hmm. yeah like you mentioned there's a lot of suspense in this movie man the bad guy when he's like you know he's going to come into James Stewart's apartment and it just takes like forever and you can hear him walking and and then mm. he keeps blinding him with the uh, light bulb of his camera. Flash. Yeah, yes. That's, oh, that's great. So for kind of not a lot happening, it feels like it. It, it goes by quick. You've got, again, Grace Kelly and and um, obviously, you know, we know our infatuation with her. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, 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 hey, hey, that gives us one of these right here. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> now, a very thing, funny thing worth noting is Grace Kelly was kind of known to be a little promiscuous with the leading men of the movie she was with. Mm. And James Stewart was married. And so his wife obviously wasn't a fan of Grace Kelly. Now... <laughs> Yeah, she was known privately as a sexually free young woman, uh, mm-hmm. and she made everybody nervous by confessing to gossip columnists that she found Stewart, James Stewart, one of the most masculinely, is that a word, masculinely attractive That's men she terrible. ever met. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I can agree with her, though. I totally agree with her on that. He was a manly man. I will yeah, fully agree he's a good looking that. dude, and, and that's kind of. Some, something that makes the film that much better. They have genuine connection. You could, like, you know, and that's the thing is it, that's what boosts these movies, it, you know, Rear Window and, and, um, fuck, was there another movie with Grace Kelly and James Stewart Hitchcock? I thought there was, but mm, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there may have been, I don't, nothing on my list. So that was the only one I had on my list that they were both in. So yeah, Grace Kelly was in, I, be, I believe, three or four, um, Hitchcock films and obviously mm-hmm. Rear Window and Dial in for Murder or Two. But, yeah, man, just a crazy, insane set design, and the way that this works is just very visually pleasing. So, again, if you think that kind of a lot of 50s or 60s movies are boring, I would definitely kind of push you towards this one, just because it is it is fun. You know, it's got that old school sc- score soundtrack, you know, like, uh, if you watch one movie from 1950 and they all sound the same, which, of course, everyone would say about 80s movies, you know, but... True. It, it, it's just the the era, you know. It, it's a lot of fun. I would highly, highly, highly recommend anybody listening to check out Rear Window if you haven't. Yes, I, me too. I'm right there with you, man. It's such a great film. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, move on to my number two. My number two film. We've already talked about it already. Um, this film, 
like I said, watched my dad and it freaked me out so bad. I would not go outside for like a few hours after I watched this film because it, I just didn't trust, uh, I didn't trust the birds, man. The fucking birds. Oh, okay. Tell <laughs> dude, me about it. Freak, dude, it freaked me out, man. I'm talking like, yeah, that and Psycho really just fucked me up. But um, this movie to me is, it, it's so simple. Um you know, and it's almost like a monster movie. I, I toward the end of what rewatching it, I was like, man, it's almost like a monster movie, but it's just a bunch of birds. You know, like it's 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 something you see on a daily basis. Like, I mean, honestly, it's so crazy. There's something you see all the time. You don't really think about it, but you watch them in, the, in this in this film, and they freak you out, man. They're just everywhere, and they fucking peck your eyeballs out. You know, peck your head, and just fucking go crazy. Um, I just I love the simplicity because that one of my favorite scenes in this entire film is the scene in the cafe, and it was right after the scene where they got the they attacked the school, and they start it's, it's like they come in and start talking about it, and there's like a, a mom with her kids, and then like two other people sitting off to the side, and like a, a, a drunk guy in the corner, and you all start kind of just like you know bellowing and talking and uh, building up this you know the birds the birds you know and then the mom was like oh you're freaking out my kids stop talking about people being attacked and stuff and it was just it's just like a, a it's a slow burn inside of a slow burn, which I thought was freaking amazing because it builds that tension even more so uh, to this big finale. Um, but I don't know. It, it just seems like you, it, it, there's a few attacks toward the first, you know, and you kind of get this feel, okay, well, when is the big attack going to happen? And then it does after the cafe scene. And it just like the birds just like sabotage shit. Like it's so crazy how they just, I don't know, like, you know, like, like the setup with the big explosion, like how they make it all happen. It's just so fucking amazing. Um, the direction of this film is just awesome with, uh, with the, the, just not just the actors, but just the birds and the set pieces and all that stuff goes so well together. I just love the way it all comes together. Um, but I got to go everything you said about it too. So I think you covered a lot of what I was going to say, but um, the, the one thing I do have a problem with is this film that I still can't get over is the very last scene. Um, and I'm a spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear what happens at the end of the movie, just fast forward about 30 seconds. I'm going to fucking ruin it for you. Um, but they're, they're trying to escape and he has his sports car outside. So he takes out the first person. And then the girl comes to the door and she's like, you know, starts crying. He's like, Oh, you hush, hush, you know, grabs her, puts her in the car. He starts up his sports car with a loud exhaust and drives off. And the birds just sit there. I'm like, dude, those birds are fucking, but man, they were fucking, I mean, (laughs) movie, but they would go nuts and they would fucking attack that car and kill everybody. But they just drive off in the sunset. I'm like, okay, I guess whatever, you know, but I give it a pass because the rest of the movie is so great. Um, The romance between, uh, it was Jessica Tandy and uh, Rod Taylor. uh, It was Lydia and Mitch. They just, it's such a great, like, uh, almost, almost, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, I'm right. That's right. That's right. I had it right. Um, or no, I meant, I'm not right. It was, I'm sorry. Tip, I'm sorry. Tippy Hedron, not Jessica Taney. Tippy Hedron and Rod Taylor. Excuse me. I had that way off. Um, but their romance is such a great back and forth. Like she goes, uh, you know, to this place to find him and he's there with his family, you know, and just having a good time and everything. And so they're trying to get that going. All the while, these birds are just fucking plotting behind them, you know, just, you know, wanting what they want. Um, this scene at the school when they're all like she she pulls up to the school to kind of check on the, the daughter and they're singing the song. It's, it, it's, it's such an innocent thing, but it had such a creepy, like atmospheric pressure to it because she goes out and sits at the playground and all the birds flock behind her 
and you hear this music going on behind. It's oh, it's such a great atmosphere in this movie. I just love it. It's so just damn creepy and so fucking good. So uh, if you haven't seen the birds, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's the fucking birds. You don't have to fucking watch this movie right now because this the, the acting is superb. Yeah, I mean acting is great. There's so many great actors and actresses. Just go watch it because it is just awesome. So yeah, there you go. I can't say anything else about it because it's just I can keep regurgitating the same bullshit over and over again. So <laughs> I'll just stop now on that. <laughs> um, let's just go to number one. Um, I was going to say something, but you know what? Let's just roll into it because I just want to find out what you have. So here it is, baby. Number fucking one. Number one. Hello. Hello. Look, a man is assaulting a woman at 125 West 9th Street, second floor at the rear we all go a little mad sometimes. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil! Evil! All our stories attempt to point a little moral, such as, crime does not pay. Well, I think everyone knows what this has to be, right? It's got to be Psycho. Hell fucking yeah, dude. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've got the remake. I'm just kidding. I got 1960. Dude, you almost, <laughs> I almost hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't going to deal with that. No, the the original Psycho, um, me and you kind of, uh, uh, this is your first two as well, correct? Right, right. Okay, so, well, I mean, I, yeah, I knew that, but I just want to make sure the audience knew that. Um, I know we kind of have different kind of experiences with this film. Um, obviously, this being a film from your childhood. Um, I didn't watch this film until maybe two or three years ago. Um, so it's kind of nice to see how the nostalgic aspect can play into it. Um, and then someone who watches it just now, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a really, it's something to behold. I mean, this is really a classic movie, obviously, you know, there's nothing more that me and you can say about it that hasn't already been said, but, it, if if you hold off on black and white movies because you think they're going to be boring, if you hold off on 1960s movies because you think they're going to be boring, this is not boring at all. This this is probably one of the most kind of suspenseful films from this era. Um, I can almost mm-hmm. say that pretty confidently, honestly. There's just it's 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 a lot. This this movie is fantastic with an excellent excellent ending um, and the twist and the lead character, obviously. Um, Bates, which is funny because uh, Alfred Hitchcock would call Anthony Perkins Master Bates uh, on set, <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, oh, this, now, I mentioned a toilet uh, fact earlier. This is the first film, American film, to feature a toilet, and not only that, but it's the first American film to uh, hear and show a toilet being flushed, so there's that. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, uh, people have told me my whole life, oh, Psycho's great, Psycho's great, and I've just always kind of, like, pushed it off, pushed it off, pushed it off, and now you just got, you got to watch it. You have to watch it. Obviously, Janet Leigh as well with Anthony Perkins. Um, Janet Leigh, for people that don't know, is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it, this film. Just like I said, it was the very first film horror film I ever saw. Freaked me the fuck out. Couldn't use the bathroom without the shower curtain being pulled back. Just you know, just one of those things that just had to be. Um, the acting is superb. The dialogue, the dialogue, gives me every single time. Uh, I swear, I'm going to get. Uh, 
we all go to the mat sometimes tattooed on me somewhere at some point. I haven't decided yet where or how I'm going to do it, but it definitely is going on there. Um, and actually, by this time this comes out, I will have a tattoo of Billy from Scream uh, when he's licking his finger with the corn syrup on my arm. So oh, yeah. just so you know. Be yeah. And I, and actually, I'm thinking about putting that underneath that maybe. That would be kind of cool to maybe put that underneath that because that is when he says that. So yeah, sure. anyway, I digress. Um but yeah, I mean, there's not much else we can say about this film. We haven't already said we've covered it in, uh, in the Psycho uh, Slasher series uh, episode. So go check that out if you want to hear more extensive, you know, remarks about this film. But uh, this is just one of Alfred Hitchcock's greatest films. He just he nailed it on every single aspect. You know, the the the, the directing is just spot on. The acting is great. Um, the set piece is just phenomenal. Uh, just everything. I just can't say anything negative about it. Honestly, it's just so great. And the remake, ninety was it ninety eight, ninety seven, with uh, ninety eight, yeah, yeah, ninety eight with uh, what's his face, Vince uh, Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. I just I don't know what that was all about, but I wish that would just kind of just disappear into the annals of history and never come back. But um, it's so pointless. It's you, like literally a yeah. shot for shot remake. Yeah, and it, and honestly, Anthony Perkins is Norman Bates. Like, the, you know, now I say the only person that can rival him is, of course, um, Freddie from uh, Nor- the Bates Motel TV show. He does a great job. But I also will stand by Anthony Perkins being the only one that can pull it off perfectly. Um, people may disagree about that, but like I said, Freddie does a good job. But I don't know. I just, uh, Anthony just does it for me. So, um, yeah, I just. I mean, the shower scene itself is so iconic. Like I said, it's one of those things that's, you know, it's been parodied or referenced in pop culture for a long, long, long time and will never go away. We'll be referencing that for decades to come. So uh, I, I'm just going to leave it at that and just like we're just going to call it a day on this show because, like I said, you can't end off with anything other than Psycho. And, um, yeah. Classic. <laughs> I mean, that's really all, you know. Total. That needs to be said, honestly. Total classic. You're exactly right. There's nothing else you can say about it. If you haven't seen Psycho, I'll say it twice in one episode. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with your ass? Go watch it right now. Just put it down. Put this down. Pause it. Go watch it. And come back and finish the episode. Um, but yeah, so there's Alfred Hitchcock for you. Um, he has so many other movies that I just didn't get a chance to watch for this. But I'm definitely going to go watch uh, Vertigo. Um and that was one of the ones you said that I wanted to watch. Um, Rear window but, or uh, uh, Vertigo? No, it was Vertigo. But what was the, what was on the first one? What was your number five pick? Dial M for Murder. Yes, I haven't seen that one. Uh, well, I mean, I haven't seen that in a long time. But I, I need to rewatch that though. So those two, I need to watch Vertigo and rewatch Dial M for Murder. So I also wanted to watch um, Strangers on a Train. I didn't get to watch that either, but I've heard that's really good. So that may have ended up on my list. I don't know. Um, but I may do a little review of that maybe in the future, possibly. We'll see. Ooh. So uh-huh. we'll see about that. Uh, all right. I guess uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, nah, man. I think that's a wrap. You know, it's it's been awesome to kind of delve back farther than um, what we usually do. And I, I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. This was a lot of fun. It was fun to kind of go back and watch these older movies. Um, it was just a lot of fun. 
Yes, you're exactly right, dude. This is one of my. It's one of the episodes I wasn't. If I wasn't looking forward to it, really, because I kind of knew Psycho was my first one. But I was like, all right, I'll give it a chance. And I really did enjoy these films. Like I said, as an adult, you can appreciate it more because of you know, the dialogue really means more than when you're a kid because you just want to get through it to the good parts. But uh, I really did enjoy listening to the dialogue and how it all kind of you know works together, and then you know, the build up and just the payoff at the end is always great. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yep, yep. I, uh, let's do some shout outs here. Let's do of course a shot of the patrons. Of course, you guys are fucking fantastic. We just love all you guys to death. Uh, we releasing the episodes a week early for you guys. So hope you guys are enjoying that. Uh, I got some stuff planned for, um, other things. We won't really say what they are cause we're still working on a few things, but, uh, keep, keep your eyes and ears peeled and open for those things, uh, coming up soon. So, uh, do some podcast shout outs. I'll run through these and then we'll just talk about them at the end. You got Alone in the Dark podcast. You got Dolls of Horror. You got uh, Tennessee Horror Basement. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, these are the Horror Basement. Um, and uh, Podcast on Elm Street. Um, all those podcasts, phenomenal people doing phenomenal things. Uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. We love you guys to death. And uh, yeah, we just, we can't, uh, we can't stress enough to go check these out because they're really, really good. Um, we're a part of the Tennessee Horror, I'm sorry, uh, Tennessee Horror News Network. We're a part of the Point of Interest Network, Podcast Network. So go check those guys out. Really appreciate you guys letting us piggyback on your on your uh, your backs there and uh, taking us for a ride. So <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, we're trying to start our own at the moment. It's just it's a slow build, but it'll it'll get there eventually. Um, got a few podcasts already on board. Still working on a couple, but we'll we'll get there soon. Because uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, I guess we'll shout out the podcast here. It's time to plug yourselves up. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at It's a Horror Podcast. The same for Facebook. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. That bastard. Uh, and my personal Instagram is Old Man Ghostface, and yours is Slashing Captain. And go check out his reviews at hashtag Slashing Captain Reviews. He has a ton. He's doing ones for these. Am I correct for these films? Right? Um, actually, I did them for all the Dario Argento films. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, Argento. Excuse me. My, my bad. I my old, my old brain just kind of went for it there. And I should have should have stopped and you know, checked both ways for across the street. <laughs> but but um, I can't think of anything else to talk about. Oh yeah, go check out our merch store. We have some new merch in there now. Uh, we're coming up with some really cool stuff for the summer that I'm working on right now. I have someone on board to uh, do some really cool artwork for us coming up pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I don't think I don't think even Kevin knows about this yet. So no, I'll tell you later. No, I do not. News to me. So, yeah, so definitely. So we'll we'll be putting that out later on. So be looking for that. But really, everyone has bought stuff already. Thank you so much for purchasing our stuff. We really appreciate it. Getting our our name and faces and all that stuff out there. Um, I want to th- say thank you for everyone buying my old man Ghostface merch lately. I've gotten so many people buying. I just, I guys, that means so much to me. Seriously, I just, I can't even say enough. Um, but you know what? I think it's time to find out what we're doing next time. Uh, for this next director, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear who it is. So why don't you tell us who it is, Kevy? So what kind of the formula we've been doing, we will go with an older director, followed by a newer director, older, newer, so on and so forth. Well, coming off of Alfred Hitchcock, we wanted to kind of get someone more modern. Um, but however, this is kind of a director that spans both modern all the way back to the 80s. So... Mm. I'm very, very excited for this next week. I know you are too. I feel like a lot of people will be very excited on who the next director will be. And it is uh, Sam Raimi. 
Hell yeah, dude. I'm so excited. God, I'm so yes. excited. I love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and see, he's like, he's like a James Wan. Like he, he spans a whole bunch of different genres, you know, and of, of movies. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I won't put those on my list, but I definitely will talk about the other films that he's done besides horror. So, uh, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely have to. So, um, cool. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's a wrap for us here at it's horror podcast. We appreciate you guys listening again. Thank you so much for the support. Um, we are about to hit 10,000 downloads, guys. I cannot believe it. We're so close. So we that's the one thing I just I can't even get enough of, just seeing how many downloads we get every week and how much you guys are loving the show. And, um, again, if you guys have anything you want to, you know, us to change about the show or think something may fit well into what we're doing, can you drop us a line? Let us know. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not totally against, you know, changing it up a little bit and adding stuff you guys want to hear. So definitely let us know if you have something you guys want to, uh, you know, hear on the show or, or whatever it is just let us know hit us up slide in those dms and uh you know give us a couple of you know kissy faces and heart emojis so (laughs) that's right that's right well we'll see you next time my name is wes and i'm kevin and we'll see you next time see you